0: you? Listen, uh, I'm doing a performance series, and I'd like you to do something in it. You know, you can make a little money. I don't know how Close I feel about your, your work, you know. Well, it's not really my style, kind of trite. But listen, it's just my opinion. Don't take it personally. So listen, I'll be in town next week. I gotta go now, but I'll give you a call. We'll have lunch. We can discuss a few things. I hang make up, and it rings again, and I don't answer it.
1: Now, count to three. Come with me, Bye. And you will be in a world of pure imagination Take a look and you will see into your
2: imagination We'll begin with a spin Traveling in a
3: world of my creation What we will see will divide. Exclamation
2: yeah. Take a black, black, walk black plastic to the budget and go across the track.
4: Mutiny radio dot it
6: draws his material from personal observations of his daily life the unfortunate difference is that richard is plagued with an acutely neurotic life and as i found out during a visit on my show it is no shtick the last time i was on the david letterman show during a break, you know, when the when the host and the and the guests lean over and the audience wonders what were they talking yeah, about. Yeah, really. We talked about you, and uh, David said to me, I heard Richard Lewis on your show the other night, and I said, Yeah. He says, 'Cause he's, you know, listen, he's very funny. He's been on the show a lot. And then I said, Yeah, boy, he's 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 a great looking guy, you know. That's a great bit he has. And Letterman said to me, quote, Uh oh, it ain't a bit, Mary. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what do you mean, the man? I'm tormented. He is a tormented person. And only David and my uh, four or five therapists who I've had in my career know that. In other words, this is not a shtick. It's not. This a is schtick. not like Jack Benny being cheap, but he's really terrific with money. No. In other words, you are. I'm on. I'm um, you know. I don't know. Sick is, you know, sick is if I, you know, I came in here with naked with a turban on. You know, <laughs> how, how would sick? you describe yourself? Huh? Emotionally disturbed?
7: I would, no, not emotionally disturbed, because then I don't, I wouldn't be able to function, you know, in a you day to day. Function, I, so oh, I could function. What um, is you know, your problem? I gotta make, I gotta present an ace nomination.
8: I can't, so I can't walk your, in there like a maniac. What is your problem? <laughs> you know? How would you describe your problem? I mean, My yeah, problem yeah. is that I don't really allow
7: myself to feel that good about things when they're good, and I look for bad, which is, you know, let's face it, I'm not Gandhi, you know what (laughs) I mean, I'm like the antichrist,
9: you know,
6: how would you describe your problem, my problem
7: is that I don't really allow myself to feel that good about things when they're good, and I look for bad. Which is, you know, let's face it, I'm not Gandhi. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like the Antichrist. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, a lot of people are like that. Well, that's why, I, that's why people come to shows.
9: Exclamation! If you wanna be paradise, simply look around.
6: at work, his manic behavior has you convinced that he's going to snap at any moment. The most interesting thing is that Bobcat is actually quite sane and very intelligent. He's a successful actor and has even written, directed, and starred in his own motion picture called Shakes the Clown. As he admitted in our interview, it was the experience of getting that picture made that convinced him that he doesn't exactly fit into the Hollywood establishment.
8: Now, you know, I, I obviously don't want to make light
6: of this situation with Rodney King, especially when we found out now that the police were laughing uh, during the whole thing. Yeah, what do you think of but, that? But
2: I, I just, you know, this is what I... If you ever see me getting beaten by the police, put the video camera down and help me. You know, <laughs> don't, don't be sitting around going, oh, this is great, I'm going to sell it to Bob Saget.
6: <laughs>
2: Throw me a bone, you know?
6: Mansfield, Ohio, hello. Hello, Larry. Redundancy aside, Bobcat, you're you're like a breath of fresh air out of Hollywood. Anymore, how how, how do you explain your uh, success without having blonde hair and big boobs? Um, (laughs) well, I do, actually. Um, That, uh, whatever. I really hate jokes, but that reminded me of one, but never mind.
8: Go ahead. What uh, was it? What's the joke? Tell a joke.
6: David Crosby told. Uh, David Crosby told me. Yeah. What? What has a large chest and blonde hair and lives in Sweden? What? Salman Rushdie. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was my joke. Uh- Uh, the guy was uptight.
8: I could tell right away. <laughs> I asked him. I said, "Are, are do you speak English?" I mean, I, I learned that a long time ago. I was in the Air Force for two years. <laughs> and anytime you've seen uh, anything of parachuting, a man, uh, uh, Christ, just twin Cessna, he'd say the same thing to anybody. Oh, they're on an airstrip. If they was dropping supplies to people, you know, do you speak English? <laughs> and he said, "Yes, I do." And he said, "I'm gonna kill your dog just to teach you a lesson." I said, why would you... He zapped him just like that. He had a good-sized gun. He fell, well, he just fell into
6: the... <laughs> took him out. Hartsburg, the Hartsburg, Missouri. Hello. As is true with everybody, a long time fan, you're one of the most innovative comedians I guess I've ever heard. A quick question regarding uh, Robin Williams. You guys work together
7: persona and style and everything, but every now and then I think I hear a little Jonathan Winters in his presentations. Is that a, a plan or was he just a fan of yours or a
6: young I will speak for Jonathan Robin Williams. Uh, Jonathan Winters is Robin Williams' favorite human being on earth. He thinks he's the funniest man who's ever lived and Robin Williams told me that there's nothing funnier than listening to Jonathan Winters' messages. That he has left on Robin Williams' answering machine. Do you still do that? Well, I do that with uh, a lot of my friends. You I call them always... up when you know the machine is on and you leave strange messages, right? Oh, yeah. I always. Like, what might I... you do? Let's say, let, all right, let's do a call. Uh, Hi, it's Larry. I'm not home. Please leave a message at the tone. Thanks for
8: calling. Beep. Yes, uh, this is Francois Desarges, Captain Ressage. I'm in the, well, I might as well tell you right now, Larry, I'm sorry to have missed you, number one. I'm a mercenary, I'm home on holiday, I've been killing people at random, you know, and uh, when you're in the Legion, you do that. I'm not talking about the America, I'm talking about the French, What uh, what's left of it, you know, in the asked to stop this nonsense, but uh, it's a trade, you know, it's a way to go, and I'd like to, for you to put me up and not at your, you know, your personal apartment or home. <laughs> but in a decent hotel in Washington where I can go and see soldiers at random, you know? that <laughs> are alive or dead. Uh, I don't care. I'm a military poof, you know? militaire.
6: <laughs> Few comedians have been as successful at crossing over from stand-up to television to Broadway to films than Lily Tomlin.
1: I stopped at this neighborhood bar where, you know, all the local, you know, all cats hang out, and, uh, you know, after hanging out there for a while, you get to meet them all, and you know them all personally. Well, this particular day, my old partner Sam was in there. Sam was sitting at the bar, he said, hey, baby, what's going on? Come over here and play with me, Jim. said, man, listen, I'm telling you the truth, Jim. I ain't been home in two days, man. Think of two See, me and my old lady, man, look here, we just can't seem to get along at all, man. I just don't understand, because I'm really trying hard, Jim, you dig it? Matter of fact, I got up that morning to go to work, see, and I went into the kitchen to get my breakfast, and my old lady was gone, so I just took a grand to split with a girlfriend to go shopping early that morning, you know what I'm saying, kept them early morning sales, Jim. But then I've after my way to work, I got to thinking. you, know what I'm saying, they don't open the stores at 5 o'clock in the morning, but I went on along with that program How you dig it? So then, uh, I come on back, you understand, expecting her to be home that evening, having that, you know, that good-going soul food ready for me, cause she know that's what I need after I put in $8 on my gig, you dig? But she wasn't there, Jim, and she ain't come back yet, man, you know, so I just resolved in my mind, I knew I was going to have to go and find me somebody. else, I not have a drink, baby, Now not on, man, yeah, that's, see, that's good, that's good Scott. baby, we'll try it, see, anyway... So, uh, you understand, know I told her, and then when she called out there, I said, Look, baby, now, if you don't come on in, you know what I'm going to get somebody to replace you, because I can't stand these TV dinners. These TV dinners just ain't doing it, see. So I told her just what was happening. I told her, I said, Look here, baby, now. I want a little girl.
6: Another remote broadcast at the National Association of Broadcasters Convention, this time in Los Angeles. Where'd
0: you grow up? I grew up in Detroit in a great old apartment house, see, with so many different kinds of people that um, I couldn't help but um, absorb and assimilate all these different personalities and then try to play them back, you know? In fact, I used to do everybody, you know, i do everybody who lived in the building. i do the people at the corner grocery store and stuff like that. And um, I'd do my mother, I'd do my father, I'd do everybody. I just, everybody was so interesting and so kind of. Uh...
6: And you had the ability to do them?
0: Well, not really well, but I wanted to do no. them. You know, I was so attracted to them all, no matter how diverse they were. Uh...
6: And you had the ability to do them?
0: Well, not really well but I wanted to do yeah. them you know I was so attracted to them all no matter how diverse they were
6: do you ever think back to when you were struggling I mean I you see your name in lights big movies audiences left Do you
0: ever think back really to when it wasn't that way perhaps you don't know that I am a, um, an heiress to the DuPont fortune <laughs> <laughs> oh forgive me that I mean, it's my, it was anti-war work that led me away from my family and into show business. <laughs> You're the black sheep then, but no, you are still in well, the inheritance. Kind of, yes. Okay. I don't think about it because, uh, I, I mean, I have such uh, fond memories of, of uh, th- those early years in my life that, uh, I mean, it's, I, I don't even, you know, in fact, I, I mean, perhaps I've just blocked it out. I think that's what's happened. I think I blocked out the poverty.
6: Was getting there more fun than making it?
0: It is the struggle. is fun, you know, uh, and it is fun, the excitement. But I still have that excitement. Uh, it, it just any time you're going to make up something new, it's just like the first time. You forget all the other stuff and. Uh, uh, if I have a new piece, I'm just as excited as if I'm going to go to the improv, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning and do five minutes. The excitement
6: is the same. The
0: feeling yes, is the same. it is.
6: Yeah, I understand. No, that. What about you? I was making no.
0: facetious remarks about being poor and everything because I just I came from a working class family, but uh, in retrospect, you know, that's who I am, so. Uh, to thine own self, etc. The only thing I think is sort of unbearable is that people won't let you sort of be a has-been in this culture. Like, let's say I wanted to go back and be a waitress, you know? Or something like that. No, they'd look up and they'd say, Oh, isn't that sad? That's Lily Tomlin. (laughs) You know, what if I, like, really wanted to be a waitress?
6: with Lily Jumlin. Hello. Uh, Lily, as an ex-telephone operator, please comment on the breakup of (laughs) AT&T.
0: Well, first of all, in the old days, when people asked what I did, I could say with pride, I work for the phone company. You say that now and they ask, which phone company? Every time Dick and Harry can open up a phone company in hell, there'll so be my Bell, Pa Bell, Baby Bell, Aunt Bell, Lulu Bell, Doorbell, Bell.
7: Screaming things, you know? Well,
6: the term genius certainly describes this next comedian, most of his career he has been labeled as controversial. In his prime, the combination of his hard living and his street-edged comedy gave him a stage appearance that resembled a price fighter who took no prisoners. And although multiple sclerosis has proved to be a formidable opponent, Richard Pryor manages to keep fighting the only way he knows how. With his humor, they
3: told me at the end, I oh, think it may have MS. What was your first reaction, Richard? Stunned. Because I didn't know what it was. I still don't know. I knew they couldn't fix it. And it does go into remission on some people. I happen to be one of my head. <laughs> it does go into remission. But sometimes it's like that makes you do silly things with your body, you know, your arms do that. And you know your arms are
6: doing it, when you can't stop them? I can't. That's got to be crazy.
3: It's frustrating.
6: So, in other words, your arms might start to move in a place that... And you see that they're
3: moving. Yeah, they're you, doing stuff. I'm going,
6: hold it, hold it. I know that girl. Stop it.
2: <laughs>
6: and naturally, being you, you make humor of everything, right? I yeah? try. Okay. But for that period of time when you were there in so. The whole country was a little worried that something was, you know, was
3: seriously worse. wrong.
6: Yeah, that it was no, no worse than MS. MS you could live with, right? Yeah. There were all sorts of rumors about you.
3: What kind of rumors? AIDS. AIDS rumors? AIDS rumors. One yeah. of my ex wives started that rumor for real. <laughs> she did. She didn't want me to have nobody. <laughs> she said, no, I think he has AIDS, but they do it so sweet. She said it's sweet. <laughs> hey, man, Let's
6: discuss some other health issues and then this extraordinary career. Why do you still smoke?
3: I like it. Did they say you should stop? Did the... Yes, the heart doctor said. Hey, you got to put that down. And I did. I put it down for, about 20 minutes or something like that.
6: <laughs> and so you smoke because you feel good. I mean, it doesn't hamper you. You don't no, cough. It doesn't no. bother you. <laughs> <laughs> you love the business,
3: obviously. Yeah, the greatest business I've ever been in.
6: Is it the only, what else did you do in your life?
3: Oh, stole a little. <laughs> Stealing, I remember that phase. Well, I went through that phase. Pimped a little. <laughs> Pimped. Went through that stage. Went through that stage. Didn't do good at that.
6: No? No. Why Were you Were you a failed pimp? Uh, yes.
3: By my own uh, omission,
6: I was a failed pimp. You were not good at collecting?
3: Uh, no, oh, God no. <laughs> I couldn't understand that why a woman would come give you the money after she done what she did for it. You know, I said,
6: "Well." So you would say, "Keep it there." Yes. Yeah. Which is a way to go broke. Yes. Yeah. Rita Rudner is one of America's hottest comedians. While Rita has a demure and sophisticated stage appearance, her slant on issues like relationships, love, and men provides a hilarious and interesting contrast. But interesting contrasts are a part of Rita's life. For example, Rita's an accomplished Broadway dancer, yet gave it up to become a comedian. What switched you from dancing to comedy?
0: My feet hurt. It's that simple. My...
6: it's not New York it's not Philly even though it's near Philly
5: no it's not Philly they say things twice they say stuff like uh, whose coat is this jacket they'll do that but the Jer- Jersey guy will say it's mine now <laughs> <laughs> Because Jersey always
6: had... Where are you from? I'm from Long Island. Okay. Jersey always
5: had an identity problem, didn't it? Between Philadelphia and New York. Newark is its biggest city. Yeah, well, you'd say, you know, are you from New Jersey? And they'd go, yes. And you'd say, what exit? You know, it was like there were no <laughs> no cities, just exits. It made people confused. I was born on 113, but them my folks were in the Navy, we moved to 117, 119. <laughs> <laughs> Screwed me up. The ability to do other people. Did you have that as a kid? Did you do your teachers? I did teachers. Uh, I did my relatives, which I still do. I did, you know, my, ha- my dad was in the music business. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, my uncle was one of the great record producers of all time, named Milt Gabler, who produced Rock Around the Clock, all of Billie Holiday's uh, great things. We owned our own label called the Commodore Jazz Label. And so the great musicians uh, are always in and out of the house. Eddie Condon, Jack Teagarden, Billy, all of them. So I would, as a young kid, uh, would imitate them a great deal. And that they became characters for me later. But I always had an ear for my relatives. Uh, and then starting to do Famous People. It's, that came very late, you know? that that stuff uh, you didn't use it that's right you didn't use it it only came when I when I did the one year on Saturday Night Live and and uh, right before I started that that year which was 84-85 I opened for Sammy at Harris in Lake Tahoe we did uh, 28 shows together and I was I mean Sammy Davis was our Michael Jackson he could that's right. he was he did everything he dressed wild I have great respect for the or my elders in show business. And here I was opening for him and I would get down to the to the dressing room two hours before the show just to talk to him. Just to talk to him. It was like amazing to me. My uncle Milt had recorded all of his stuff. It's weird to be an opening actor when you know they're all there to see
8: the other guy. For Sammy's group it was great.
4: Troubles of faith
2: jokes, but it still doesn't ease my pain I began to warm and chill to objects in their fields, a ragged cup, a twisted mop, the face of Jesus in my soup, those sinister dinner deals Meal trolleys, wicked wheels, a hook bone rising from my food, all things good are ungood, and the mercy seat is awaiting, and I think my head. That filthy five did nothing to challenge or resist i call. the free. i to
4: tell a few jokes, but it still doesn't ease my pain. I know I can't hide from a memory, though day after day I've tried. I keep saying she'll be back, but today again I've lied. Oh, I
9: see her face everywhere I go, on the street and even at the pictures show. me happy.
7: near where I live. Now, the Iranian people, I think, are very nice people. I have no problems with them. But there is something interesting about them. They have no period from when they're calm to extremely angry. <laughs> a normal person, like a normal person you bother, you know, you go to a guy, you say, hey, can you fix my car? The guy well, I don't fix cars here. This is a bakery. I see, but I need my car fixed. Buddy, I don't fix cars. It's a bakery. What time can I get my car back? I don't work on cars. car. You know, people know so. that people get anxious. The Iranian doesn't do that at all. The guy at the 7-Eleven, right. What time are you open till? 24 hours. That means you're open all night? Open all night, I kill you! <laughs> get out of here, I kill you! <laughs> <laughs> so they have a self-serve thing. I, I got hooked this summer. I know it's bad. You probably, you, know, you you'd kill me for eating this stuff. These Slurpees, they have Coca-Cola Slurpees. Yeah, big ones. Oh, that's, they come out of the machine, they're ice. It's like Coca-Cola ice. Now it's self-serve, you're supposed to get it yourself. But they don't tell you the Slurpee machine takes lot. Well, you gotta have a lot of knowledge. You have to stop it about a quarter of the way before the top because it continues to grow. It's like the Slurpee that ate Cincinnati. <laughs> it just moves up, up the cup. So I came in. This was about. Well, I mean, I was in tonight, but now I know how to do it. But the first time was uh, that this was in, in earlier, later than in the summer. It was very hot, about a hundred here. I got that ninety-one ounce. Deal they have. I mean, you know, it's like the giant gum. The diabetic special. It's one in the morning. The guy's way down on the other side of the store waiting on people. I open up this faucet, I mean Slurpee comes out like a fire hose, industrial Slurpee. It came all the way to the top line. It came over on the floor. It was like a natural, it was like Yosemite. People tourists were camping out watching me do this. It came all over the floor. The guy went crazy. From all from all what this fuck? What are you doing? I'm telling you, don't you? Don't work that machine! Don't
9: use my machine! I'll do that for you! Self-service! I don't want you to my store. Get out of my store.
4: on the Mutiny Radio Station dot FM thanks for listening we, uh, we have to thank Larry King for his helping with the interview and uh, we gotta thank the Go-Go's for doing what they do Also, I forgot to say thanks to Pam for some of the best homemade pizza I've had in a really long time. And uh, help us out with money through the website if you can because we need it. emperor who loved new clothes more than anything else in the world. He only reviewed his soldiers when he had a new coat to show off. He only went to the theater to strut around in his newest evening suit. He didn't even like to go driving in the woods unless he wore a new suit of clothes for his people to admire. His ministers never looked for him in the council chamber. He was never there. They looked for him in his dressing room because he was always there changing his clothes. if there.